Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Wednesday, January 3rd. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. The U.S. will import more agricultural products than it exports for the third time in five years. The final numbers for 2023 are not in, but the deficit is expected to be much bigger than usual, north of $20 billion. The U.S. is very much still a breadbasket to the world. We're growing things and success, successfully exporting them around the globe. Uh, so there's certainly a lot more to it than what might meet the eye initially. Coming up, St. Louis Public Radio's Will Bauer examines the reasons for the deficit and whether economists are concerned. As the national agricultural trade deficit approaches record levels, Missouri is putting limits on foreign ownership of farmland. Governor Mike Parson has issued an executive order barring any country considered a foreign adversary from purchasing agricultural land within 10 miles of a critical military facility. That's defined as all staffed military operations in Missouri. Parson says it's the most he could do under state law. If I had the authority, we wouldn't just be talking about banning farmland, but all commercial properties by foreign adversaries, regardless of rural or urban. The ban applies to China, Cuba, Iran, North Korea, Russia, and Venezuela. The order does not apply to farmland already owned by foreign adversaries. Missouri lawmakers are back in session today. As St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports, one Democratic legislator wants colleagues to boost funding to hire child abuse investigators. Missouri's Children's Services Division has struggled to recruit and retain investigators who look into claims of child abuse. And hiring struggles led to a big backlog of open cases in the St. Louis area, and fear that serious cases of abuse won't be fully uncovered. Democratic State Representative Aaron Crossley of Independence says lawmakers need to allocate more money to hire investigators. From a moral perspective, what we have invested in our kids is not enough because the results are not giving us what we should be getting. Missouri's budget process is expected to last through early May. I'm Jason Rosenbaum. St. Louis Public Radio. Crossley made the comments on Politically Speaking. That episode is at stlpr.org. Missouri intends to be part of a federal food assistance program for children during the summer. The non-binding decision could lead to eligible children receiving $40 in benefits each month during summer break. The Missouri Independent reports the state has to submit a detailed plan to the federal government by February 15th. Missouri officials say they still anticipate difficulties supporting the initiative, mainly because of few details from the federal government. The state had until January 1st to decide if it was still interested in implementing the program for this summer. St. Louis-based BJC Healthcare has completed a merger with St. Luke's Health System in Kansas City. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports. Officials say the deal means 44,000 employees now work at the company. St. Luke's joined the BJC Healthcare system, but will still operate as St. Luke's in the western part of the company's service region. That includes Kansas City and hospitals in eastern Kansas. The company will continue to be known as BJC in the St. Louis region and the Metro East. Industry economists say health systems have historically bought smaller local hospitals, but cross-state mergers between large companies are becoming more common. 
BJC representatives say patients will likely not notice any changes in the care they get at the hospitals. Government regulators approved the deal late last year. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. St. Louis County Councilwoman Kelly Dunaway will not run for another term. Dunaway represents the council's second district, which includes Creve Corps, St. Anne, and Maryland Heights. She was first elected to the council in 2019 to fill out the rest of Sam Page's unexpired term. Dunaway played a major role in divvying up pandemic funds given to St. Louis County because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Former St. Louis County Police Officer Matthew McCullough will be allowed to post bail. His bond was reduced yesterday to $250,000. A grand jury indicted him on 15 counts after people were threatened and a weapon was fired at a trunk or treat event at North Kirkwood Middle School last fall. McCullough will be required to report to a psychiatric hospital for treatment if he posts bail. For the first time ever, the airport at Fort Leonard Wood had more than 10,000 passengers take flights in 2023. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports that means the small airport will qualify for more federal grants. Clearing the 10,000 passenger count has been a goal for the airport for years and will nearly double its grant from the Federal Aviation Administration to $1 million. Sean Wilson is the mayor of Waynesville and on the airport's board. He says plans to build a new terminal building in 2026 will further increase passenger traffic. It has grown over the years, and I, I see it even growing even further in the future. So I don't see any any reason that this would um, would not go beyond even after the construction of the new facilities. Contour Airlines serves the Waynesville-St. Robert Regional Airport at Fort Leonard Wood with daily flights to Dallas and Nashville. In Rolla, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. The head of Illinois' troubled child welfare agency is staying on the job for at least another month. Department of Children and Family Services Director Mark Smith announced in October he would step down at the end of 2023. But the agency announced in a memo to employees late yesterday that Smith will remain on the job until January 31st. A department spokeswoman did not say why Smith is staying on longer, but no successor has been appointed yet. For the third time in five years, the United States will have imported more agricultural products than it exported. Through November, the deficit is more than $20 billion. Agriculture used to be a bright spot for American trade. Is that changing? St. Louis Public Radio's Will Bauer reports. 40 miles southeast of St. Louis, farmer Chris Otten has just swung open the door at the top of his 35-foot grain bin. On this windy December afternoon, Otten is checking his corn to make sure it hasn't spoiled. He does so by sticking his arm into the grain. You take your hand. You can go in that deep, your grain's fine. If it's really getting bad, you'll get this deep and that's as far as you go. This process is an important one before Otten takes his grain to the Mississippi River in a few days. There he'll sell his thousands of bushels of corn, soybeans, and wheat to agricultural giants Bungie and Cargill. Those two will load the grain onto barges to be shipped. If that grain ends up abroad, it's what we call an export. But this year, agricultural imports are outpacing exports by large margins. As of November, the U.S. imported $20 billion more than it exported. That's concerning to Otten, who'd like the U.S. to sell more than it buys. That is ideal for us to get back to where we're exporting as much as we possibly can. I don't know if that'll ever happen. 
last calendar year was a record year for ag exports. At this time in 2022, exports totaled more than $160 billion. According to data from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, this year it's $143 billion. Otten says getting back to a surplus where exports outnumber imports should be a top priority for the White House. The Office of the U.S. Trade Representative is the main federal agency that advocates for American products on behalf of the administration. In Biden's first two years in office, exports reached record levels. Chief Agricultural Negotiator Doug McCaleb says overall numbers this year can be a little misleading. The U.S. is very much still a breadbasket to the world. We're growing things and success, successfully exporting them around the globe. Uh, so there's certainly a lot more to it than what might meet the eye initially. Breaking it down, there are some basic economic factors at play here. University of Illinois professor Bill Ridley says one of the biggest factors to this deficit is a simple one, more imports. And of course, the more you import, holding your exports mostly mostly constant, that's going to shrink your, your trade surplus or create a trade deficit. In other words, Americans are buying more. For example, not all fruit and vegetables are grown here year-round. Demand for those foods continues to grow, so the U.S. is importing more to keep up. The next factor, economists say, is that Americans have more purchasing power right now. A strong American dollar plays a part, says Tanner Amke, an economist at CoBank. A strong dollar makes our exports non-competitive overseas, and it makes imports more competitive. Our stronger dollar gives us more purchasing power, and so therefore we can afford to bring in more imports. A third piece to this puzzle, Emke says, is that demand for renewable diesel is growing, and it uses a lot of soybean oil. So more soybeans stay in the U.S. rather than being sold overseas. In turn, the U.S. is buying more canola oil from Canada to replace it. So imports rising, strong American dollar, and keeping soybeans at home are some of the biggest factors in the trade deficit. But does it matter? Ridley with the University of Illinois says trade deficits, particularly in one sector, don't necessarily scare most economists. He illustrates his point with the same example he uses for his students. You know, I, I have a trade deficit with the grocery store. It's that I go there every week and I spend money and they never spend money on me in return. Like I buy a lot from them, but they don't, you know, they don't buy any of my stuff. On the face of it, that's fine because I sell stuff to other places. You know, I, I sell my my own products and services, like teaching through the university. Next fiscal year, the USDA is projecting another deficit, this one to the tune of $30 billion. But with different economic conditions, the U.S. agricultural sector may return to a surplus at some point. Economists say if and when are tough questions to answer, though. I'm Will Bauer, St. Louis Public Radio. We'll produce that report for Harvest Public Media, a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest and Great Plains, including St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.